This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, we're airing an interview with Father Richard Days on A Father's Blessing. And now, here's Ken Billinger interviewing Father Richard Days. We begin with Father Rich talking about how to be a gentleman. But I said, one thing I want you guys to remember, if there's a young lady that particularly gets your attention and you want to make a big hit with her, when you go to pick her up, you go inside and introduce yourself and take your hat off. You may never win dad over, but you've already done a lot to win mom over, and that's pretty important. So, Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a great point. Our guest this afternoon, Father Richard Days, and I was going to say this would be a technicality, I guess. I'm thinking if I have a rosary in my pocket and I have my hat on since I'm carrying a weapon. Uh, that, that <laughs> it is a spiritual weapon, yeah, but uh, not quite what the Army had in mind. Not right, so. exactly. We talk about the importance of that role of father. The father and the son, but uh, equally important is that role of the daughter and the father. So I'm going to let you share on that as well. Well, basically, uh, little girls are very special to dads. And father-daughter dates are very important. Uh, When I was at Fort Leavenworth, we used to have a father-daughter dance. And this concluded all the way from little girls that were just beyond being toddlers, all the way up to uh, one lady brought her 80-year-old dad to the dance. And it was very important because the little girls really liked to dress up. So all of the guys would put on their dress blues or even their mess dress blues to take their daughters out to this dance, and it was very important to them. Um, and it kind of made a big impression on, the, on the, their daughters of how important Dad was in their life because a lot of times Dad would be deployed and wouldn't be there and be, wouldn't be present when they— sometimes when they would need him. So this one year that they were going through the Command General Staff College, they had time to devote to it. And so the father-daughter date or the father-daughter dance was very important to those little girls and probably made a very lasting impression on them that just how important dad was. Also, and we've kind of emphasized this to some of our junior high uh, CCD students, even at that age, you ought to be thinking about who you would like for your mate to help you to get to heaven. What type of, uh, for the girls, what type of man would help you most to get to heaven? And if you have an, uh, an ideal dad, whether there is such a thing except for our Heavenly Father, that's someone that you would probably pattern after. And she is looking for someone that will, one, pray with her. One will be there to help her. One that won't be watching TV when he comes home at night instead of helping with the kids. Or one that uh, wants to go fishing every weekend instead of taking the kids out. Now, not to say he can't go fishing, not to say he can't watch TV, but they should be prioritized. And so this is what these uh, young ladies are looking for in a man. And if one of the guys at the high school class, they see him helping his mom or doing something like that, all of a sudden his stock goes up. So these are important. It's important for the man to be present in the daughter's life as well. I think you make a great point. And one of the things I, I heard this from a guy he shared, um, because I'm really part of a, a men's, uh, a, it's called Fathers of St. Joseph, which is an, um, a program that's actually becoming more widened. It's, it's mm-hmm. fairly new now, but it's starting to expand in parishes throughout the country. But one of the things, uh, and this was actually before this, but we, we've kind of been working on an initiative for dads for a little while now. And one of the comments a guy made, he said he had three daughters, and he said, 
each week, each Friday night, we have date night. I take one daughter each Friday night, and we rotate. And somebody said, that's a great idea. Why do you do that? And he said, because I want them to know how they need to be treated. That's right. And if I can be the example of how the man should be, because he was very good about how he treated his wife and uh, respectfully and, uh, you know, and when the daughters saw that, you know, that, that had an impact on them. But then they were also, they also know when they went out with dad, how they were going to be treated and how they should be treated by right. other other guys. So I think that's a an incredible, an incredible point. Yesterday we had Dave Denuso on, was talking about that, and he's got three. I think he said three girls, and he said the first thing he tells them is no boys. And I just thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. What what he meant by that is no boy until a boy is a man and earns that you know position right. of being a man and understanding how to treat a woman. That's that's the kind of the representation of the no boys, and I'm, I'm being very generic with that, but uh, such an important role. So our guest this afternoon, Father Richard Days, and talking about a father's blessing and the importance of the role of the father in the family. It's absolutely huge. What happens when a father isn't present in the home of his wife and children? And I always say you can be there and still be an absentee father. It's um, so, very true. Uh, sh- share with us your thoughts there. The uh, in kind of preparing for this, I used one of uh, Lighthouse Catholic Media CDs of uh, Devin Shant, and I may be pronouncing uh, his last Devin, name. Devin Shant, that's yeah. uh, that's. Okay. And he had a CD on pure uh, fatherhood, and he was telling about that he felt this need to be out and evangelizing and really getting out there and going to town, and his wife had a, a baby girl, and he was still going out there. She had a second daughter, and finally at the third daughter. Things were having problems at home because he was out evangelizing, doing what God, uh, Jesus had told, go forth, preach the good news, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he went to, a, I don't know if it was a men's conference or a conference, but anyway, he sat down with this lady, and he was kind of explaining, and he thought that she would probably say, well, you should be a priest. And she mm-hmm. said, she asked him, are you married? And he said, yes. And she said, then you need to go home and be St. Joseph. Now, first of all, if you read, St. Joseph is not prominent in the uh, Gospels, except for St. Matthew's Gospel. And even then, he doesn't say anything. Ma- uh, Joseph is one that he takes what God tells him, and he goes and does it. He is the protector of the Holy Family. And I think that would be, in all of our statues, we have this very strong-looking man with a dark gr- uh, brown beard, dark hair, I think the poor man was gray before, within a year after getting married, because here's this heavy responsibility. I'm taking care of the Son of God. I'm taking care of the Mother of God. I don't think, I, well, plus the fact every time he went to sleep, he had an angel appear in his dream and said, <laughs> you got to do this. I don't know if I'd have gotten any sleep at all. So I feel sorry for St. Joseph, but he is the man we need to emulate. He's the man we need to take as our pattern, whether we're married with children or not. He is the what Catholic men, what all men should be emulating because of the life he led. He did, he was right with God. He took care of the Holy Family, and he was a good father. He raised Jesus and taught him all. We don't know what all he taught him, but obviously he did a pretty good job because Jesus fit fairly well right in with Jewish society until he started to shake up the apple cart a little bit in his public ministry. So Joseph was a good teacher, and that's what a father should be for his son, a very good teacher. For his wife, for his daughters, he needs to be a good protector as well as a teacher. And getting back to the first part about 
you talked about uh, the father uh, by the way he treated his wife was an example for his daughters. It's also an example for his sons of how they should treat women, how they should especially treat their future wife or any women for that matter. And uh, so people are watching dad and they want to, they are proud of a good dad. Uh, there was a story that I, when I was doing my research, if I can find it right here, there was a, it was uh, one of the papers sent out a survey and they wanted to do something for father, uh, Father's Day. And uh, basically, so they asked everybody to tell stories about their dads. They got no response except from people who said what a jerk their dad was. Obviously, this was not what they were looking for, but that's the response they got. So hopefully we can, uh, by improving a society, by implementing this, and by having people study St. Joseph, maybe we can have a good Father's Day newspaper that tells about how good Dad was, how he did all these things, and how he taught me to throw a curveball, things of this nature. Those are all important things for Dad. And if he's not present in the home, there are some problems that occur. If Dad is not present, usually, and they threw this statistic out, if Dad is the first one to become a Christian in a family, 93% of the children will practice their faith. If it's Mom, only 17%. A lot of us learn our faith at mom's knee, mm-hmm. but if dad is going to church, if dad is there every Sunday and every holy day of obligation, more than likely all the children will stay faithful to the church. And I didn't pick up on this until I, about two years ago. I was looking in Catholic Digest, and this lady was writing about that their family had been divorced, or her parents had been divorced, and she was staying with her dad. She was a teenager. And he drug her to Mass every Sunday, and she just totally resented it, couldn't understand why. But yet, she stayed with the faith because Dad stayed with the faith. So fathers are very important Mm -hmm. to providing an example for their children, for their whole family. You are representing God the Father in your family. This is the domestic church, so you have to take a prominent role. And if Dad isn't there, no matter how much he calls, no matter how much he tweaks, or does anything like that, it's not the same as being right there. And you're right. Even if he's right there, if he's not present to his children, it's, it's like he's absent from, as mm-hmm. well. So. Yeah. Uh, some great points. You brought up Devin Schott, and Devin is – I met Devin. In fact, that's part of what, what our ministry that right. we're working on, is a Saint, uh, uh, which is called Fathers of St. Joseph. And Devin is a wonderful he's, – he's such a humble guy. He's, he, he will admit, and I don't know if it was the CD you listened to, but if, if, when he starts, he said, i got to admit something. I'm scared to death because oh, yeah. he, he doesn't – he's not a he, – he says he's not a public speaker, but in my books, we had him at a conference where we had um, – Jeff Cavins, and we had um, Dr. Ted Sri and Devin, and he blew the play, blew the doors off the place because he was so good. And it was just – it's funny how, again, through God and through the Holy Spirit, somebody becomes so gifted in, in bringing forth a message. And, uh, yeah, those statistics are, are incredible numbers. We I had – I can't remember. I, that, well, we, I did hear some of those numbers from Scott Hahn just, right. uh, you know, last fall. And we're talking about a father's blessing and how important – the role of the father is, um, and it's, it, it's especially we see the world today where things are going, and we can tell with uh, with the 
I think you made an excellent point about, you know, the fathers tend to be uh, the doofus on the show so many times. We see that in so many shows, and really the role of the fathers is, is – and, and now it, the scary part is there's some generations that – kids that have, have not even experienced going to a wedding. Um, right. that, you know, so and that's a, that's a whole other topic. But uh, what happens? Uh, we we want to talk about also the story of a father's blessing. That's something that's so important, and where that stems from. Again, that's another thing that Devin touches on in the book. But talk about a father's blessing and and, and uh, what that the power in that. When I got this assignment about talking about a father's blessing, I had to go and do a little research because I wasn't really familiar. Um, what I was thinking of and what this actually is talking about were two different things. The father's blessing, if you go back to the book of Genesis in chapter 49, verses 22 to 28, this talks about Jacob giving a blessing to his 12 sons. But if you go uh, look all the way through the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all gave formal blessings to their children. And in Jacob's case, some of them were even his grandchildren that he gave a blessing to. And receiving a blessing from your father in the Old Testament in that time and day and age was a very high honor. And losing a blessing was tantamount to having a, being cursed. So the blessing of the father to his sons included words of encouragement, details regarding each son's inheritance, and probably a few prophetic words about concerning their future. For example, uh, Isaac's blessing on Jacob, which was actually meant for his brother Eju, gave the earth's bounty and authority over his brother. It also promised that those who blessed Jacob would also be blessed, and those who cursed would receive a curse. And those words were echoed in God's promise to Abraham. Now, when his older brother discovered that Jacob had deceived his father and received the blessing meant for him, he was very distraught, and he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Now, Isaac's words to his son then reinforced Jacob's superiority, but also prophesied that Asia would one day rebel against Jacob's rule, which he did. Now, when Jacob blessed his 12 sons, he also made predictions regarding their future. The Bible records the direct fulfillment of many of these predictions, and they reveal the supernatural ability given to Jacob as the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of the blessings Jacob said, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be upon the neck of your enemies, and your father's sons shall bow down before you. Now, this also made a prediction that his uh, uh, tribe would have kings would come from uh, the tribe of Judah. And one king would eventually receive the obedience of the nations. So, his descendants did become kings. In fact, King David was a descendant of uh, 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 Judah, but also Jesus Christ himself, who is the king of kings, who all the kings bow down to, was a descendant of the line of Judah. And his youngest son also received a prophecy that was fulfilling. If you remember, his two younger sons, uh, Joseph and Benjamin, were by a uh, his second wife, Rachel, whom he dearly loved. And so those two boys, since they were the, the uh, sons of his old age, were very special to him. And he predicted Benjamin, who was the youngest, was as a ravenous wolf in the morning, devouring the prey, and at evening, dividing the spoil. Now, the tribe of Benjamin throughout history would uh, produce many great military leaders, including King Saul and Saul's son, uh, Jonathan. And it revealed a very strong-like, uh, warlike personality. 
So the patriarch's final blessing was important in biblical times as a practical matter of inheritance. It was also some of these blessings include some prophetic statements that reveal God's supernatural power working through men of his choosing. So that's kind of the background of why a father's blessing was so important throughout history. And also, if you go some of the, especially I like Westerns and Civil War movies, and at that time, the young man went to the girl's father and asked permission. Now, I was very hooked on one young lady and was uh, bound and determined we were going to get married. And I went and sat down with a um, bottle of old granddad with her father, and I did get his blessing. Unfortunately, she recognized I was not husband material, that I something else was in my future. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but she did. And so uh, about a year later, we broke up. But I did go and ask her dad for permission, and, um, and I think that's not bad advice. That's how you win dad over. You win mom over by your manners and taking your hat off and being polite. You win dad over by showing him the respect and asking if you can date his daughter. So, I just found it interesting. You said you sat down with his with her dad and old granddad, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was all he had in mind. I wasn't too fond of uh, bourbon, but you know, uh, it's an important matter, so you make so- uh, sacrifices. <laughs> there you go. Talking about a father's blessing and. Um, one of the other questions I guess I have, because we talked about blessing the child. What are ways a father can bless his child without physically blessing him or her? Well, there are several ways. For instance, um, if you're riding down the road in the pickup and all of a sudden you're alone with your child, said, okay, this is a good time to talk about the Bible and um, Father's blessing. That's probably not the way to do it. <laughs> but if the child brings something up, you need to be ready to t- impart your faith and why this is important. Uh, there was a young man by the uh, name of, and I think it was Tim Atkins, um, he recorded a song about I've Been Watching You, about how, he, and uh, the video showed his little boy watching him. Uh, they were driving down the road, and he hit a bump, and his fries went all over him, and his orange drink spilled in his lap, and he said a four-letter word that um, he was wondering where he'd learned that, and he said, well, I've been watching you, Dad. So he said, so he went out and later on he was pre- thought he was by himself praying in the barn he said lord i'm really messing this up you got to help me his little boy was watching so that night when it was time to go to bed his young son jumped out of bed got on his knees and prayed and he said well where did you learn that and he said i've been watching you dad and they are it's the same speech i give to our kin- our uh, sixth graders because they're going to be le- next week will be the last mass and I usually give a little talk to them. Those kindergarten kids have been watching them all year. They want to be like them. And they'll be continue to watching them as they go on through high school. So I hope they all set a good example because those young little guys are watching them very close because that's who they want to be. The sixth graders, even though they're not all that big themselves, they're in charge of the school. So the little guys want to be like them. And so it's the very same with a father. Uh, St. Uh, Francis it was attributed, whether he actually said it or not, you pray the, uh, you uh, preach the gospel every day, and sometimes it's necessary you use words. words. Yeah. And so that's basically, as fathers, that's what we're called to do. And not just dads. All of us are called to that because we're talking about a relationship. So what we should be doing is living our life as best we can and being a good example because your sons and your daughters are watching you. 
I just have to show you, if you read the first line, that this was an article I was asked to write. And uh, we've talked about it earlier today, but kids listen to 50% of what you say and watch 100% of what you do. Right. And I think that's um, that's so true. And I, just to tie in exactly what you're saying, this is, is fathers that are, are sons that are watching their fathers and seeing seeing them. Oh, yeah, uh, very much what they're so. doing. And I think that's, a, I, I was going to ask, was the four-letter word shoot, but I guess that's a five-letter word. Well, it so. was started with S, that's for sure, but it was a four-letter word, so... <laughs> Yeah. So our guest, Father Richard Days, this afternoon on A Father's Blessing. And let's talk a little bit more. Obviously, if a child sees his father's on his knees in prayer before God, you just really alluded to that, that that had an impact on the child. He did the same thing. And sure, sure. And I guess a good example Well, the example, example they saw was Pope John Paul II saw his father pray on his knees every day. Now, the example that I have is more my older brother, Gene, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. He raised five children, and his uh, Gene, all of my brothers and sisters were a lot older than I am. So my nieces and nephews are about uh, five or six years younger than I am. So whenever the family would come down, my brother Gene would take them, and he'd usually start with the youngest. And he'd, they'd sit in a, a chair, and they'd say their prayers to him. Now, as they got older, there were more and more prayers. In fact, my nieces and nephews knew a lot of prayers that I wasn't even sure I'd even heard of, but the Gene had worked with them so that they knew all of these prayers. And that was an example of how important prayer life was, because every night before they went to bed, their dad took them on his knee and they prayed together. And I thought that was a very good example of uh, not necessarily on his knees, but a very good example of how important prayer life is and that made it. I think it made a good impact on all five of those kids. So, I know it made an impact on me, and I didn't have to crawl on his knee to say my prayers. But it made an impact. I mean, this is what about uh, fifty-five years later, and I still remember that. So, oh, yeah, that's great. What a great story. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more with Father Richard Days on a Father's Blessing. on double-edged sword cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture talking about a father's blessing with father richard days and here's ken billinger interviewing father rich father richard days is our guest and if a father um wants to begin blessing his children, can he start doing this at any age? And, and that's something I think, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've, I have talked to some fathers who, you know, from the minute their child is born, they want to bless that child. But getting started making it a daily routine, do you have some suggestions for that? Well, the one paper that I read did have some suggestions. And at practically every wedding I have, I encourage the couple to pray together. Now, if they start praying together, it'll be just like you were talking about those dads who want to bless their children from the very moment they bring them home from the hospital or from almost the moment they're born. But if you're, say, a little bit later on and the kids are getting a little bit older, you can still do that. But also, you do it by living 
the gospel, not necessarily with your mouth so much. So to bless your children, you help them interpret life in the light of God's perspective. So when they come to you and ask a, a question about things that are going on, you kind of give it, use your faith a little bit, and you kind of give them some guidance with that. Uh, there's lessons in fruitfulness. Uh, we encourage our children to be successful, to be man-centered. That's what society is. But we should also encourage them to be fruitful, which is God-centered. Soon to be, St. Mother Teresa said, God didn't ask us to be successful. He asked us to be faithful. So that's kind of the lesson we need to try and bring across to our children. We need to give them a lesson in strength, that our strength comes from God, not necessarily from ourselves. Uh, Joseph was very fruitful because, uh, and, uh, and because he was God-centered. There's also a lesson of trials. There's something to be learned from almost every trial and tribulation that we go through. A godly life doesn't mean we're exempted from trials. In fact, sometimes to be fruitful, we have to go through a trial. And Joseph was the most godly of Jacob's son because he probably suffered the most. And uh, so that's important that we learn, learn a lesson from the trials and tribulations we go through. And to bless your children, you need to walk pers uh, with a personal reality with God. There's nothing that'll turn a kid off more than if you preach and don't practice it. So if you have a father who preaches religion but does not talk with God, that's, kids can see right through it. That's why when I go and visit the kids on Wednesdays at uh, St. Mary's, if they ask me a question I don't know, I'll tell them. I don't know, but I'll look it up. And then also, you look it up too, and we'll compare notes. And the next morning at Mass, during the uh, homily, I ask them, did you look that up? What did you find out? And then we can kind of compare notes. That way they all learn from it. But I don't try and bluff my way through because they can see right through mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah. Plus the fact I learned early in life to try and always tell the truth because I can't remember my lies and I can't keep them straight. So it's <laughs> easier just to tell the truth and go with that. Um, uh. Then also to bless your children, you need to observe their strengths and point them out to them. So if you've got a child that's very strong in something, point that out to them and help them to encourage them to develop that. Uh, also, and uh, somewhere else I read, each child is an individual. And we all know this, but often to parents say, why can't you be more like your brother so-and-so? Mm -hmm. Well, he can't. He's not his brother so-and-so. He's his own individual. He has his own strengths and his merits. Maybe we're not seeing those, and maybe we need to look for those a little bit more. Yes, we can say, you know, I was a little disappointed in this, but you did this very well. So kind of help them with develop their strengths, point out some of their weaknesses, and help them to develop those as well. Father Richard Day is joining us, and uh, we, we've uh, got a father's blessing as the topic, something that's so very important. All right, Father, let's take a situation where maybe there isn't a father present in the household. Maybe it's a single mom, for example. How can they ensure that their child has the male presence, so to speak? A lot of times on this, um, ideally, they will be for perhaps her brother, an uncle to the children, or grandpa can fill in this role. I, uh, I was, since I was so much younger than my nieces and or my brothers and sisters, um, my grandparents on one side were already deceased by the time I finally made my appearance. Uh, my grandfather on the day's side passed away when I was three, and grandma died when I was seven. So, but one of my uncles kind of stepped in, and I learned a lot from him just by visiting. Now, a lot of his stories, you know, were kind of tall tales, but you learn from those too. So 
it's hopefully there'll be somebody else. There's also uh, organizations like Big Brothers. Uh, if you're active in the church, there's usually a men's group, the Knights of Columbus. There's things, so find somebody. And also, if they get to be a little bit older, a coach a lot of times can step in. Uh, and coaches, I think most of them realize how important this is, and they're very careful with what they say and how they treat the individuals. Uh, yes, you want the coach to have a winning team, but not necessarily on the field is you, your winning team. Um, coach Rocky Welton was my wrestling coach my senior year, and he was talking about some of the guys that he had when he was at Oakley, and he said, yeah, I still hold his letter up. And he turned to us and he said, someday I'll be holding your letters up too. Now, my wrestling record was nothing to hold up, really. Um, I enjoyed the sport, loved the sport, but I got to see the uh, ceilings of a lot of gyms around the league uh, my <laughs> senior year. So basically, I knew he wasn't going to be holding, but after I was in the seminary, I stopped and visited him, and yes, he did indeed hold up my letter. So. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty special. You know, that's a that's a great point thinking about this because I have a good friend who uh, they don't have children of their own, but he was a coach and did a great job with the kids. And, you know, God was always a part of his coaching, too, and it right. was a great example. Kids loved him. His, his nieces and nephews love him. They're, you can tell he's great with the kids and a uh, wonderful person. And uh, he and his wife, both great people. And, and uh, it's just neat to see that. And that's uh, he, he plays such a key role. He may or may, or may not realize right. it but he's playing a big role. I see it all the time. And again, he does it through his actions. And uh, it's pretty well, powerful. One of my friends, uh, in, he and I both started K-State together. Uh, both of us were in pre-vet. And Rudy was from New Jersey. And basically, after several attempts, it was not accepted to vet school. He went on and went into education, and he was a, uh, a principal at one of the larger schools there in North Kansas City, Missouri. And I told him one day, I said, Rudy, I think you've made a better influence on the whole world by being a good principal than you ever would have. Whether you'd have been the most outstanding veterinarian in the world, I think you've made a bigger impact through the kids that you've worked with all these years. Yeah, so. So it's amazing to see a lot of guys who impact kids in such a big way and may not even realize what they're doing, and it's a, such a positive thing. You mentioned Devin Schott a little bit earlier, Father, and, and uh, he is a guy that I had a chance to meet at our men's conference, uh, was such an impactful speaker, uh, but he has created something called uh, the Fathers of St. Joseph, which we have, we are now a part of in our parish. It's something that we're looking to expand right. everywhere. Um, we were, I think there are 12 parishes now it's that new we were about the eighth parish but here's one of the things that that uh, that um, Devin talks about and he's got an incredible book uh, he talks about the four pillars and he talks about this he says God knows that when the children have their hum human father's gaze they will not only turn to their turn their gaze to the earthly father but also to their heavenly father and he goes on to say this I think this is just such a powerful piece he said as human fathers, we are called to be a link between heaven and earth, likewise a link between God and his children. We are the face of the Father that our children cannot see, the touch of the Father that our children cannot feel, the voice of the Father that our children cannot hear. And he says, we are an icon of God the Father to our children. And he said the fatherhood is a very foundation of society. Society goes by way of the family, and the family goes by way of the father. If you want to change the world, Change, change the, the father. father. 
just uh, he's done an incredible job putting this together and he's such a humble man um, but I've just gotten I've gotten so much out of it and I'm so excited yeah. and when when you said Devin shot I was just like <laughs> oh well that's you know um, the story that he told on the CD was about his youngest daughter wanted to uh, dance for the family and she put on her tutu and everything and he said she was out there dancing in the living room and watching her feet more than anything but ever so often she glanced up and she always glanced at her dad not her, her two sisters or her mom always to her dad mm-hmm. and he said she wanted to see if dad was watching and that's the same way we all want our father's gaze our heavenly father's gaze on us as well so this is an example of how uh, the earthly father if the children get his gaze they will be very happy. If they don't, they'll go somewhere else to get the, that gaze, and probably somewhere we would rather they not go. Right. And that goes for both fathers, or daughters and sons. If they're in tight with their dad, even though they disagree, and that's part of growing up, unfortunately, when they get to be teenagers, dad doesn't know a darn thing, but they'll still listen. They'll be You'll be amazed at how much the old man learned by the time they're 21, but they still listen, even though they disagree with him and argue. And so if they will come to him for advice, they're not going somewhere else to one of the gangs down the street or somebody who's uh, dealing drugs or something like that. So. Yeah, it was a great – and what I love about what he does too is CDs. He also mentions uh, make a copy of this and share it with others. He, right. It's not about making money on the CDs at all. It's just uh, uh, just some great uh, great stuff. And I, I just thought that was a great message because he shares a number of things in there. They, Of course, I don't know if that CD talks about where his daughter – they have a daughter that – uh, had complications oh, at yeah, birth. Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. And those things that he wanted because his, he wanted his daughter to be like a normal right. child and, and of course, um, trying to teach her to crawl, those things. And it was just a powerful message. And so... Um, this is such uh, this is such an important topic uh, to me. The one thing, I, if if you don't mind sh- uh, me sharing, and I, obviously Please if do. you have more, but one of the things that 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 Devin talks about with the Fathers of Saint Joseph, and this is the manual that is just I think it's these are two books that are priceless. He talks about the four pillars, the four pillars of fatherhood, and the four pillars include embracing the silence. Meaning uh, we have to spend that time with the right. Lord in silence. First, uh, discipline, silence, silence in oneself. The second is silence before men. Uh, he also talks about silence before God uh, in there as well. The second pillar is embracing women, embracing the feminine genius and dignity of all women. He talks about embracing our wives. He talks about embracing Mary. Those are the three under the the subcategories under the second pillar. The third pillar is embracing the child. Along with that, he talks about, I'm kind of paging through here, he talks about identifying the child as a temple of God, giving the child the materials to become a temple of God, blessing the child to become a child of God. So again, he talks about that blessing too, that importance. And the fourth pillar is embracing charitable authority. And when I first heard that, I thought, I'm not sure I quite understand, but talking about that embracing charitable charitable authority, uh, meaning protecting and providing for the family and uh, teaching the family. Um, this uh, this is just an, uh, an incredible, he's put together an incredible program. In fact, uh, one of the things that we want to well, we're trying to help Devin promote because it is so very good. The guys that have been involved in this so far have just, they've loved it. They oh, said, yeah. this is something we need. And what's beautiful about it is he really understands the importance of our Catholic faith. So we start the morning at 6 a.m. 
It is um, exposition and benediction and prayer time. And we usually put some a scripture up uh, to reflect on with regards right. to the Eucharist. And it's a beautiful, beautiful morning. Guys, to hear a group of guys singing in the church, it's kind of dark in there. And then we break and go downstairs and we have a speaker and then talk about the topics and what we deal with as fathers and and it's uh it's an incredible program and and so we're we're promoting that and trying to get that out too so obviously if, if people hear this and want to find out more about fathers of saint joseph i'll be glad to share because i'm i'm just this is one of the things that's I'm very uh, fired up about i mean i'm excited about it well he did uh he mentioned that and he said the uh he said, I can't begin to talk about it at this time. So he said, I'll refer you to the book because he said, otherwise, I'd be talking for about eight hours. And uh, I don't have no doubt that he would have been. Yeah. So. Um, incredible guy. Yeah. Um, well, we always appreciate uh, uh, your time coming in, taking time out of your day. You generally have lunch with us and bless our meal. And then we have an opportunity to visit with you at lunch. And and uh, you're coming in, and I don't know if things, you know, now that you're headed headed a little farther west, that probably changes. Well, things I won't a bit. be able to listen quite as frequently because I think the farthest edge, uh, even with the new uh, booster station, will probably be uh, just short of Oakley. But um, and it's interesting now. I can listen in my pickup and go all the way past Walkini, but if I turn into Walkini. The, the state, yeah, I lose yeah. the the uh, the track. So well, you'll have to. I don't know if you have a smartphone. You can put the app on your smartphone. That's possible. Yeah, or uh, even listen uh, online as well. Hopefully, That's another so, possibility too. But we might not have these visits. I mean, that, that I don't change. know. That's kind of up to Danetta. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. So you might them. you wouldn't mind driving from Colby in for this? Well, I I drive to Goodland every once a week at, and now sometimes twice a week. Uh, my oldest brother is still is in Goodland, and uh, I go out and check on him, or he checks on me once a week. So, and uh, so it, it's not much further coming. Well, in fact, Colby's a lot closer than having to go all the way to Goodland and back. So, the advantage of that drive was you have plenty of time to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about an hour and a half each way, and you have time to think about things. Uh, get my rosary said, and then uh, think about some other things too. But um, no. Um, it may be, and it, Father Dana may pick up the uh, ball for me and uh, go run with it. So you won't be at a loss for interviewees, I'm sure of that. All right. So. Well, we appreciate you always coming in. always enjoy the time and love your sense of humor, and uh, you always make me laugh. And that's, uh, that's laughter is, is a great medicine. So It is. It thank is you for joining so. us today. Appreciate it very much. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Divine Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, internet, smartphone app, or on Amazon Echo, we appreciate you tuning in to this week's Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. If you would like to comment on today's show or have an idea for a future show, please go to dvmercy.com and click on the Double-Edged Sword icon. The comment button is in the middle of the page. Also, this radio station relies on the generosity of its listeners. If you can help support this ministry, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KBDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 101.7 KJDM Lindsberg. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.